Street Champs, come get put on. Today I'm in here with Drigo. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, bro. Doing good. You know, yeah. honestly, uh, I have a mentor. He says this a lot, and I'm feeling it today. Better than amazing. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? Uh, honestly, just having that gratitude mindset, bro. Like, amazing's already good, but if you're doing better than amazing, then you're trying to, you know, just have an extra good day on top of that. So, I'm a lot. I'm really into mindset, like we were just talking about, bro. So, mm. I feel like it all starts in the morning when you wake up and you tell yourself, you know, how you are today. What time are you waking up in the morning usually? Um, the weekdays, I would get up at six. At 6 a.m. Because I trade in the morning. So um, I'm usually up at like 6, start my day around, you know, after that I finish trading. So around 8. But on the weekends, if I can sleep in, like 10. Damn. 10, yeah. I, f I would consider 10 sleeping in. I'm kind of like a I, – I, I changed over the years. I used to be like a, a night owl, but now I like the mornings better, bro. Really? I feel like there's a lot more peace in the mornings. Mm. You know, everybody's still sleeping. It's quiet, so – kind of have more time to think and stuff mm -hmm. i mean it's same vibe at night but kind of sucks because then you wake up tired and shit if you stay up late you know mm -hmm. all right so uh before we get into all your trading and shit uh um uh, for the people that like don't know exactly what you do um we just give them like a brief like synopsis yeah so basically uh you know my name is drigo i go by drigo i make music so that's really where it all started um you know i really started to when I decided that I wanted to, you know, make a name for myself, it was, you know, I'm going to make it in music, just like a lot of young kids are nowadays. Um, but I was already, I was always very talented in music. So like I knew it was something that I could do. Um, so I started off with that. That's where I kind of gained a lot of, I would say, recognition throughout my hometown and stuff. Where's that? Um, Monta Vista. Mm. Mon yeah. So I don't know if you ever heard of that. Oh, I, I know you have because you had Bando on here a couple weeks ago. So. Yeah. But yeah, there's not really too much going on out there, bro. So, you know, a lot of kids, it's either you're going to you know, party a fuck ton mm -hmm. or you're going to make some shit happen. Like, it's either or. And usually yeah. the ones that make shit happen get out of there. So, mm. um, When did you leave? Two years ago. Yeah, it's coming up on two years. I just, uh, I was going to school out there. At, do you know what Adam State is? Yeah. The university out there? Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to school for two years out there, and I was studying business marketing, and it was chill, but I don't know, bro. I just, I wasn't happy, honestly, like. You dropped that, out? Yeah, mm. yeah. I wasn't, I had good grades and everything, bro, but it was just like, I don't know, bro. It was like the first time in my life where I really felt like I was just was not happy doing what I was doing, you know, like, I was just doing things to please other people at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. So, um when I was like, it was probably around November, bro. And I was going through some other stuff. I had like, honestly, I had my heart broken and I was just Bitches, like, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. So it just motivated me, bro, to, to go hard and, you know what I mean? Really do things for myself more than, you know what I mean? Doing them for other people to make other people happy. So yeah, that translated into school. And I was just like, fuck this, bro. I don't know why I'm here. If, you know, I know what I truly want to do is music and, you know, making a name for myself. So, mm -hmm. uh, you November 22. Your, your girlfriend went to college with you? No, no. It was, we weren't even a thing, bro. That was what was crazy um, about it. Like, we weren't even official or anything. So it's kind of like. 
Situationship. Situationship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I bet like, she's kicking the dust, she's kicking the air now. She's like, damn. <laughs> He's on street champs. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm with her now. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, but no, nah, she, she, honestly, she's she's a ride or die, bro. We've been through a lot. So I feel like that was needed, though, for both of us to like separate and grow. You Great. know what I'm saying? What brought you guys back together? Um, I don't know. When I was leaving, honestly, it was just like, you know, I want to see her say my goodbyes and stuff. And then it was kind of just like we really realized we were in, both in a different mental headspace than we were before and i was just like really not in the right i don't know mindset for a relationship back then bro when i was when i fucking hurt myself you know what i mean like i say heartbroken but i really hurt myself you know what i mean because i was just doing some dumb shit and you know i was pretty much getting the paying the consequences for everything so like what you were cheating on her Nah, no i don't never cheating but like just like i don't know bro like back then i was just like not taking her serious and you know what i mean kind of like giving her whatever you know what i mean Tre- giving her the whatever treatment not really giving her my time like i should have been mm-hmm. and then uh when she decided she didn't want that no more you know it, it fucked me up so then that pushed me to like be like damn why am i over here doing dumb shit when i could be focusing on myself and then that's when you know i dropped out of school and then uh i had actually linked up with my homies shout out to um Ooh. Shout out to my boy. <laughs> I know they changed their Instagram names, bro. So I'm trying to think of their Instagram tag. But Mondo, um, you know, all these guys powered by Alert. They used to, they had a brand, bro, two years ago, going strong. I don't know if really, they really do some stuff with it now, but they recorded my first music video for me. Really? So it was dope. Um, you know, around that whole time where I was going through the fuck school, I was also like recording more music. Being in, I actually got into a professional studio. And stuff, so it was dope to have that experience, and then, uh, yeah, put out a video, and it was dope. Hmm. How would you describe your music for the people that have never heard you? Mm, I would say I would say like rap music. You know, a lot of people uh, make rap. I'm not rapping like you know Detroit rap or anything like that. I'm trying to mimic anything. I'm just honestly being real, bro. Like I just talk about my life and whatever I've been through. So sometimes I feel like if I feel like singing, I'll sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. If I feel like rapping, I'll rap, but. I feel like I'm pretty good at like riding the beat because I was in like marching band and shit growing up like my whole life. So like I feel like I have a good mu- ear for music. You know what I mean? So when I hear something, it's just like I'm going to put whatever I think sounds good on there. Yeah. What band or what instrument were you playing in, in marching band? Um, when I was like little, I was uh, doing the drums. Oh, uh, yeah. And then um, as I went into high school, I was the drum major. So it's pretty much like the director. The one that's like in the front of the band conducting everything and shit. Oh, like, but you had a drum still? Oh, uh, like no. That? No, I wasn't drumming yet. I was, oh, you I were was like doing that. that. Oh, yeah. that's sick. Yeah, so it was cool. Um, It was pretty cool for like street marching. And then like we did like, uh, like obviously like st- uh, the state competition and stuff. So if you don't know a mar- like how that all works, like you'll go onto the football field. And like if you ever seen like how they make designs and stuff. Yeah. Pretty much like that. So it was cool to be up there and kind of like not be in command but like see help people like get to where they got to go and you know at that point when you're up there and you have that type of leadership role too it's kind of like you're having to um like play that leadership role and kind of like motivate your people to you know want to do things and grind and you know it's kind of like a sport too Mm -hmm. i don't know a lot of people like think it's just like geeky shit but it's pretty dope bro huh 
What? So, uh, you said that was elementary school? No, I was in middle school middle and then school. high school. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. I don't. I was gonna do it in college, but the college down there, they don't really have like a big marching band like that, and I didn't want to like. I don't know, bro. Honestly, I don't know how to read music. Okay. So that was a big factor. I was like, I don't want to go to college around all these, like, for real, for real band geeks. And they all know how to read music. And I'm just over here, like, not not knowing. So. Yeah. 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 Huh. Because, like, whenever I would play the drums or anything, I would just, like I said, go with the vibe. Like, I would hear somebody, like, my teacher or something would, like, play it once for me. And that would be all I need. So, like, once I heard it played, then I could play it. But I never know how to, like, look at a sheet of music and be like, all right, this is how we got to do it. Interesting. Yeah, it's different, bro. But it's fun. Um, but yeah. It's an asterisk right there too. But, sorry about that. Nah, it's cool. Fucking these characters have been through some shit already. <laughs> I know. I'm like a world black too, so it's gonna be all over me. But um, but yeah, no. After that, bro, it was just pretty much a matter of just going hard at what I was doing, you know. So like, I had had that um, the song that I had made the video for, I'd had recorded for probably a year already at that point so i recorded it like late 2020 uh or early 2020 late 2019 and then um when i dropped out of school and stuff it was like the november of 2022 december of 2022 because i finished up that semester (coughs) went to denver recorded the video went to the studio you know all that good stuff and dropped it at the end of january of 2021 and that was like I want to say like the the start of when I t- took things serious because like in high school, bro, I used to perform with like a group of homies, and it was cool because like I mean I guess that's really the start, but it wasn't like on no serious type shit, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was just kind of doing it for fun. It was, oh, no. it was like you... a rap group. Yeah. What? Oh, what's yeah. it called? Um, ATM. Admire the moment. Mm. Yeah. So you know, and I still like. Uh, we don't really like uh, keep in contact or rap anymore together, um, just because like life happened and we all went our separate you know kind of ways. We were kids when we were doing that shit, so um, it's it's dope though because just the experiences that we did have with them or I did have with them, it was like I wouldn't trade that shit for anything because I feel like that taught me a lot too. Have you ever heard of like showcase tours? Mm-mm. So oh, showcase tours? Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like what like in um, Denver? Like they'll bring like a bunch of local artists together, and like the winner will get like um, some kind of placement on some bigger show. Yep. Type thing. Yeah. So they had a, a showcase tour in Denver in 2018 and 2019, and we did those uh, two of those shows. And the first one we didn't place. It was just me and my other homie Devin at the time. We didn't place. It was our first ever performance, so we were mad awkward, mad stiff on stage and everything. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, the second one, we actually placed second, and uh, it was dope. Earth, we placed, yeah, second, I believe, or third. I don't know, bro. It was so long ago, but we placed. I know that, and uh, it was just dope because, you know what I mean? Like, we had all been rehearsing that week and stuff, and, like, we even rehearsed at the high school because, like I said, I was in band, so, like, I was cool with my band teacher. I was like, hey, can we use the high school band room to just perform in and, like, use the mics and shit? So it was pretty cool. Hell yeah. Um. But yeah, that was like my first, I guess, like step into the music scene. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Who who were you listening to back then? Who were some of your inspirations that got you into it? Uh, X for sure, bro. Like XXX Tentacion was probably the big one of the biggest ones that really pushed me to do it. Cause like before him, like I would listen to rap and stuff, but like 
I didn't really have a favorite rapper. My favorite rapper was Biggie growing up, you know what I mean? And he was already passed away, so, like, it's not like I could, like, see him in concert or anything. Or, yeah, it's a very um, safe answer to say that's your favorite rapper. Yeah, Biggie's dude. like, oh, my favorite rapper's Tupac. You can't say shit to that. Yeah, bro, like, fucking, they're icons, bro. And I just, I just like, growing up, I watched Notorious, the movie about Biggie. Yeah. And that shit was crazy, bro. Like, it just, like, made me love, like, the hustle, bro, and just, like, making like just seeing him go through all that hard shit and still making it out mm-hmm. um really motivated me like even as a young kid bro like there was actually a quote that i had posted on my facebook after watching it one day when i was a young ass kid and i just shared it on facebook yesterday because it came up in my memories or whatever but it says we can't change the world unless we change ourselves um you know it's diddy telling biggie that right yeah. before he dies and like i like even hearing that as a kid i was like damn that's real as fuck and like to this day bro like i've really seen that the repercussions of really doing that you know what i mean like like i said two years ago i was unhappy as fuck and then i had to change myself and now i feel like i'm in a lot better headspace you know i mean grinding do what i what i want to do now so mm. that hearing that at a young age i feel like was needed um but yeah biggie was one and then x bro X was on the same type of vibe, you know what I mean? Like, he was very real with everything he said. Like, despite all the, like, you know what I mean, legal shit he had against him and stuff, like... Did you watch the doc? I did. That shit was crazy, bro. Yeah. That, that girl's eyes? She yeah. had, like, the double black eyes, bro? I know, bro. It's And, like, that shit, too, like, it's a shame, bro. And, uh, by supporting X, I don't want people to think, like, I support any of that shit or anything. Because, like, growing up, I seen that shit with my own mom. So, you know what I mean? Like, I was not, like... Like, I don't condone hitting a girl or anything like that. But, um, you know, trying to separate the artist from the art, I feel like he did a good job. Or the, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Trying to separate all the legal shit from the artist. Mm. Um, He really did motivate me a lot, too, to, like, find my inner self. And, like, he talks about, like, the keys, finding the universal key and shit like that. And that was just, like, a spiritual awakening that, awakening that i think i needed to hear at that time and then when he like i had even went to his concert and everything so like um seeing him in concert it was dope you know crazy experience what what tour was it the revenge tour revenge tour wow bro iconic the ogden Mm -hmm. yeah wow very insane i honestly bro i honestly feel like like a fucking demon was there that night because that's how crazy the vibes were bro like I, maybe it's just because I was dehydrated and shit, but I was You're like, like off a of Molly. You're like, there's something here, guys. <laughs> no, dude, it was crazy, bro. But um, yeah, then he passed away, and I just felt that like it was a sign, bro. Like that I had met him, like went to the show, seen him, and like was so infatuated by him, and like the fact that he was like taken away, like the impact he had. I was like, all right, I need to like roll with this you know what i mean because like i'm very motivated right now and they say you should when you're motivated you should go with that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like keep the ball rolling type shit so mm-hmm. just kind of like that's when it really started bro yeah i think relating to that um when i saw the the x no jumper you know like Dude. that was that was really like a time in a, a time a period of time where i felt like like um and i didn't always want to do the podcast but um I just kind of fucked with what No Jumper was doing, and I was like, "Damn, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, maybe that's maybe it's always kind of been in there, but yeah. So I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. That was a moment in time that was everything was changing in like music and media and stuff. It was iconic, dude. Mm. Even like, like you said, for even No Jumper, it was like 
that was when they were still starting out too that was one of their most like iconic first interviews too that and like suicide boys like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so yeah just having those early influences bro really motivated me one thing i drew from x2 was to not be afraid to be yourself bro like fucking he shaved his eyebrows he dyed his hair he he went against the grain in every single way bro and like that's something i respected because where i'm from bro it's like everybody has it feels like everybody has to think the same you know what i mean like everybody most of the people that i went to school with are like trying to find like and there's nothing wrong with this like before i say this like i'm not trying to shit on anybody or anything by saying this but it's like everybody has that same mindset as far as like i want to slow down right now you know, damn, got some shit going on. Jesus. I <laughs> know. But anyway, what? It sounded loud, too. That's good. But, um, yeah, so it's just like, I don't know. Everybody just has the same ideas. Like, I want to be a blue-collar worker, you know, working my ass off for whatever minimum wage is now. And, like, you know, settle down with, you know, a girl in the hometown, buy a house, this and that. And so, like, trying to do something different down there, you were kind of looked at, like... Mm not as weird but kind of weird you know what i'm saying like you had to you had to not give a fuck what people thought about you down there whereas like up in the city it's kind of easy to just be yourself because like everybody's just kind of being themselves so it's easy to just ignore tune everybody out you know mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think that's i bet everyone feels like that in the small town mentality type shit i still feel like pueblo sometimes struggles with that yeah like um we're like not like a big city, but we're not like a a podunk ass fucking small town. Mm-hmm. We're right in the middle. Yeah. So like, nah, I see what you're saying. I hear people here say like, "Oh, it's a small town here," and I'm like, "Bro, you have no clue what a small <laughs> town is, bro." Like, yeah. I graduated with like 60 people. Really? Yeah. So. That's crazy. And that's, yeah, but that's just how it is down there, you know. Like, like I said, everybody just stays there, kind of um, falls in love with their high school love and stays with them and. Like I said, there's nothing wrong against that, but I just don't want to be fucking iconic, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I want, I want, I want more than that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's iconic, but I want more than that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. Um, so, uh, did you move here with like anyone that you knew, or you just moved here by yourself? I actually have some family out here, bro. So, um. Like, I had actually asked them, like, hey, is it cool if I just, you know, go live with you guys? I'll, you know, throw you some rent and, you know, just get out of the valley. And they're cool. They're, they they're uh, you know, a little bit older, so they have, like, a daughter and stuff growing up. So it's kind of cool because, like, uh, growing up with my sister, like, we would always fight a lot. And I kind of, like, that's something I look back on and I'm like, dang, I kind of wish we didn't. I didn't you know, fight with her so much because, like, now that she's grown up, she's going to be a senior, or she's a senior this year. It's just, like, um, I don't know. There's, like, a lot of things that, like, I see in her where I, re- I wish I could have, like, helped, you know what I mean? Like, to give her a little more love in, st- in certain areas and stuff because, like, my, they have a kid. My aunt and my uncle have a kid that's five years old, and she looks exactly like my sister, bro, so it's crazy because, like, it's just, like, having my sister in my life again, but, like, I'm, like, 10... 12 years older you know what i'm saying so i'm a lot more like just uh respectful of life bro and just appreciative and grateful you Mm -hmm. know what i mean with with everything in life so like i feel like i uh get a chance to like kind of be a big brother again which is dope over here Mm -hmm. you know you and your sister pretty close or you yeah well i mean no no we used to fight a lot as kids but we're close now that we grew up for sure like she's my homie we've been through a lot and like it was just me her and my mom growing up so like 
you know, we pretty much like experienced the lowest of lows together. And, you know, now that she's graduating and shit, it's just dope to see her experience, like, you know, I mean, her own, go through her own experiences in life and really learn and grow. Yeah. So um, you said it was just you, your mom, and your sister. What, what happened to your dad? Uh, my dad, uh, a lot of, well, like, it was a lot of shit, bro. So, like, when he was with my mom, from what I remember when I was a kid, like, he used to, like, you know what I mean, like, drink a lot. So, like, he was a good dad when he didn't drink and when he was working. Like, he was a, he was a cool dad, bro. But um, I feel like my dad just has a very addictive personality. So, like, whether it was women or drinking or drugs, like, he just always, like, couldn't get enough of it mm. you know what i mean so like it first started with drinking i remember he used to like you know hit on my mom's a lot and stuff and like there was like, nothing i could do as a kid but then like he moved out um probably when i was like eight years old and he ended up getting another girl pregnant so i have two other brothers and sisters or a brother and sister in durango too i don't really see them that much but um you know i love them and they they know what it is but yeah so he was out there doing that and it kind of just like brought me and my mom and sister a lot closer because my sister was like one or two hmm. at the time so she doesn't really remember remember my dad at all um and i felt like you know at that time it was just my responsibility to kind of be a dad and like show even though i was like eight years old you know what i mean that's just how i was feeling for real so i don't know just kind of gave me more of a mature mindset at a young age i'm kind of i'm really glad that like everything happened the way it did like of course everybody wants their mom and dad in their life but like just the things that the way that things played out I feel like it did a lot for my mindset and like growing up to just be more grateful for like what I do have you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but yeah he uh ended up just getting fucking a bunch of little charges just catching up with him bro and he's serving a sentence right now like uh because after his last crime he was on some crazy shit and he was like all like, on hard drugs and shit so they sentenced him to 13 years and that was like five, six years ago. Oh, well. So, yeah, that's where we're at with that. I don't know when exactly he'll get out because, like, you know, they always be giving him, like, on good good time and shit. So, mm-hmm. but we still talk and stuff. Like, I just talked to him yesterday and stuff. So, it's yeah. cool. Huh. Do you have any kids? No. Nah. No kids? No, nah, none yet. None yet. I don't want any, you know what I mean, for a while until I'm financially stable with kids because expensive bro yeah all right so let's get into that uh so what what is your main source of income right now um i work a job bro i work a job okay. like i said i i uh i serve tables and shit i used to be super against not having a job like when i first started like my whole entrepreneurship journey i was like fuck a job like it just distracts you and you know what i mean it's just they're keeping you a sheep but i kind of realized like over the time and going broke like when i didn't have a job and i first started trading um i thought i knew what i was doing i had a lot of money saved up but like after some months of just trial and error and kept on losing bread making bread losing bread making bread losing bread i realized i was like dang it's probably better to have a job to have like a consistent source of income coming until i figure this shit out you know yeah so yeah i started serving like in february but before that i I didn't work for a whole year um i was just trading as my source of income. And I was also in a company called I Am Academy. So it's like network marketing, um, which was cool. It taught me a lot about people and myself, bro, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, let me, let me let this shit back. But um, basically what it was was 
you know, that, that's what introduced me to foreign exchange trading, which if, you know, I keep talking about trading, that's what I do. I do foreign exchange trading. So you ever heard of Forex? Yeah. When, when Dogecoin went crazy, you know, I fucking, I think everyone and, and their mom fucking hopped on that yeah. shit. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's actually how I met my, one of my closest homies, that type of shit. But yeah. So I guess going back in the story, what we were talking about, as I was putting out music and doing all this shit, bro. It felt like I was really making a change in my life, like mentally, and I was doing what I wanted to do finally. Like I wasn't going to school, I was making music, putting out a music video. I thought it was lit. I felt like the man, honestly, bro. And then like literally like a couple days later or a couple weeks after I put out my video or a couple days, one of my, my good homies, David Moscadenas, he hoops, uh, plays basketball at Doane University. And he hit me up and he was just like, yo, bro, like, there's this way to make money, you know, off your phone, pretty much. Um, it's called Forex. You know, you just got to do copy and paste, this and that. And I, I was honestly, like, a little skeptical at first. I was like, bro, like, don't be capping in me right now. Are you trying to scam me or something? Are you hacked? And, uh, what's that? Are you hacked? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Him? I was yeah. like, eh, you know what I mean? But, like, I, I trusted him, bro. He called me. And then, like, he came down for uh, Thanksgiving break before that. So we had kind of already had this conversation. And he came down for Thanksgiving break and he showed me like a withdrawal he had out of trading. And I was like, damn, that shit's crazy. Cause I always knew like, how much was it? It was like 1700 bucks, but like he was his first fucking time trading, you know what I mean? Yeah. In one week and shit. And I was like, whoa, like that's like pretty much what I make in a month serving. You know what I mean? You're doing that in one week off your phone. Like that's what was intriguing about me. Like, cause it never really mattered. Even when I started trading, how much the amount was, how much I was making, but it, what intrigued me was like you could make money without having to put in hard hours of labor. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say that to sound lazy, but it's just like we're as humans, bro. I don't think we're designed to like be put on this earth to just fucking work our asses off. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even in, with minimum wage ri rising and shit, it's like you're still if you just if your only source of income is one job, then you're you're fucking up because you're gonna have that one job until. Until you die, pretty much. Like, you see a lot of people, even older people right now, still having to work because fucking expensive out here, bro. Yeah, this fucking, like, 60-year-old man brought out my Culver's yesterday, and I was like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, dude, I feel bad for it. And that's another thing. Like, I used to work with a lot of, like, like, I serve with a lot of, like, older people as well. Not, like, old, old, but, like, you know, over, over 30 or 40, and, like, Again, there's nothing wrong with that because get your bag. My mom still serves tables, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to get her out of that. So it's like, I understand people got to do what they got to do, but that's why I also do what I got to do because I don't want to be at that point in my life having to do that shit just to make ends meet, you know? Mm -hmm. So when he told me about it, I was like, fuck it. Let's get it going, bro. I want to try this shit out. And that was like February 2021. And... So I, I joined the company or whatever, I Am Academy. And it ends up being one of those things where you kind of like, not one of those things, because I'm going to say, like, it's a business model, bro. But it's like, if you bring people in, you get more money. Oh, you feel right. me? So it's like, you're learning the skill of trading, yes. But it's also like, if you bring people into the company, then you can also make money this way. So that intrigued me even more, because I was like, fuck it, I'm going to make money trading and make money residual. Residual income is what they called it. I think I even have the card still, bro, from fucking <laughs> the company. 
My pay quicker card. Yeah. See, so they gave you this card. And there ain't shit on there, so. It's like a credit card. <laughs> yeah, it's a prepaid. But, uh, fucking, you would get your residual payments on there. So, like, as you brought people <coughs> into the company, you know, I think it was, like, three people was, like, 150. Six people was, like, or 12 people was, like, 600. And then it kept going up from there. And you could eventually get to, like, 750000 a month. So that's what was really intriguing. I was, like, damn. Seeing all these people at the top, I was, like, I want to get there. So I started going hard in that. Built my team up to, like, P600, which was, you know, $600 a month. And uh, I got close to, like, the next rank, but never, never quite hit it. And at that time, bro, like, I was only making, like, $600 a month um, in my paychecks from work. And then, like, I was serving, too, so I had tips. So I was like, fuck it. I'm making about as much as I'm making at work right now with my residual. I'm just going to quit and, you know what I mean, go balls deep in this fucking trading shit. And that's that was around May. And around that time, that's when I moved to Pueblo, too. So mm. my first, like, eight months, ten months of living here, I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't working at all, bro. So it was it was a really cool experience to find myself because, you know, when you're not going to work every day, you have a lot of time to just think and, you know, I mean, if you don't want to sit around on your ass all day, then you got to, like, do something else. So it motivated me to, like, read more and, you know, exercise and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. It was cool. What's what's the most money you've made from a like a week of trading or whatever? Um, week, <sighs> honestly, like a day. I don't know, like a like an astonishing number. Oh, it's kind of hard, bro, because you can. There's not really like a cap you can make with it or anything, but you know what I mean. Um, my biggest day on a live account, because there's different type of accounts you could have too. There's a demo, which pretty much practice, a live account, which is your real money, and then there's a funded account which you trade through a prop firm and basically like it's like a company gives you an account to trade on that's a demo and then once you pass these challenges they make they give you a live account so it's a pretty good way to like pull money out of thin air for real Mm. but um on a live account it was a thousand and one dollars in one day and it was dope because uh it was like that that was probably the one that meant the most because it was just like, I had just learned, you know, like, like I said, bro, it's been a long time since I started trading. Like when I first started back in May, like when I quit my job, I was making like maybe $50 a day, if that, you know what I mean? So, um, it's just, it's crazy to see that growth. Um, that $50 meant just as much to me as that thousand dollar day did, because again, I didn't have to go nowhere to work for it or nothing like that. It was just putting my mind to work for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was a thousand and one dollars on a live account, and I was lit. But then, on the on the other hand, bro, like trading like really teaches you greed, and like it's kind of like gambling, bro. But, like if you treat it like gambling, you know, if you treat trading like gambling, it's gonna take your money like gambling. But if you treat it like uh, a system and like so a system that can pay you, you're gonna make good money with it. Like my mentor, uh, his name's Deontay Williams, bro. He was been a big motivating factor for me ever since i started trading really um how did you come across deontay so i went in march when i was still working my other serving job but like i was uh in march when i was with that company when i first started we went to orlando for this uh conference it was pretty dope it was called like a bcf lock-in or something and uh so that was the name of our investment group black circle family so bcf and it was cool bro because like it was, like, me and, like, 
10 other homies from Colorado, from our little hometown. Mm. And we flew all the way out to like Orlando. And that was like my second time being there. So like, it was cool. But it was like a lot of their first time being there, which was even more dope because, um, you know, just by word of mouth, pretty much by like me and David and, you know, all my other homies telling those people about it. That's why we were all in Orlando. So it was just cool because like a lot of them got their first experience just from the company. So that's why I say like I don't have any bad, you know, a lot of people like and the only reason I keep saying that is because like a lot of people, bro, if you look up I Am Academy, like people have a lot to say about it. Oh, I'll really? just say that. Yeah, because a lot of people feel like, you know, pyramid scheme, this and that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Network marketing, that's kind of how it looks like when it's set up. But, um, like, it is what you make it. It's just like any other business. Like, you know, you have a fucking CEO and then managers and employees, so. Yeah, like that shit in Pueblo, uh, t- 10X, Grant Cardone shit. Oh, yeah. That shit's, that, that business at Wake Up Pueblo. Okay, what are they doing there? Because I've heard of I heard of Grant Cardone, and I know what 10x the 10x rule is. But what is that? It's a it's a marketing company, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah. So you're pretty much marketing for Grant Cardone. Who? Who? Like anybody who signs up for that company is marketing for Grant Cardone. I think. um, I don't know about that. I think um, Grant Cardone he has like the 10x thing, and the 10x is like they made that show Undercover Billionaire. Mm -hmm. They filmed it with Matt Smith here in town. And like here in they, Pueblo? Yeah. What? Yeah. Crazy. And they opened that business. Damn. So, yeah, wake up. Damn, I didn't know that. I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah, I, I low-key haven't watched too much, too many episodes <laughs> of it. It's like, it's cool. It's on uh, like Amazon Prime or some shit. Yeah. No, that's cool. I always I always hear, hear that fucking YouTube ad from him. He's like, my name's Grant Cardone, and I went undercover boss. And yeah, but I never actually knew it was filmed here in Pueblo. That's yeah. That's crazy, dude. When COVID happened. Damn. Yeah. Of all places, Pueblo. That's fucking wild. Yeah. There's a lot of culture and art here, bro. I will say that, like, moving here to Pueblo, I realized that, like, it's a pretty artsy town. Mm-hmm. Like, with the blowback and then, like, everything downtown and a lot of culture here. Yeah. But before we get before we get on that, I want to I want to finish off this uh this trading thing. Yeah. So um. So what what. It, so even despite like all the bad things that they're saying, are you still a like a member of that thing? Oh no no no. Okay so yeah no so that like that was like another thing, bro. I had to like mentally like like I said, not give a fuck what people were saying because people from my town were roasting me on Twitter, bro. You know I felt like a lot of my homies like I was excited about it and like just how I came to David about it, I thought a lot of my close friends would feel the same way about it. So when I went to them about it, they were like, ah, let me know how it goes for you, and that kind of like showed me. Not like who my true homies were, but it was like, damn. It shows me who my homies who are down to ride are. You know what I'm saying? Because it was only like fucking 110 bucks to like, you know, start up your fee for the month or something like that. 150. And, uh, you know what I mean? I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to really just ride this out and go against the grain and see what see what it works. Because I've seen the vision from day one. But then, uh, you know, I'd, I'd realized I'd like later down the road, bro. Um, like I said, I went broke cause I wasn't working a job. So I didn't have a consistent amount of money coming in because as my, as time progressed, my team got smaller. So I wasn't getting $600 a month anymore. Mm-hmm. I was only getting 150 and then it went from 150 to not getting nothing. And I was just like, fuck, I had to figure shit out, bro. I was, I was door dashing there for a minute and that was a horrible experience cause fuck, dude. Just, <laughs> you, you were door dashing in, in high school? No, here. Oh, here, oh yeah. Word. Like when I first, uh, this is probably around like December of last year, November. So it was cold for one, mm. mad hungry for two, and I was broke. So I, you know, 
just smelling all these people's food and stuff sucked because I'm not a shitty person, so I'm not going to steal people's food. Damn. But it was just tempting. You never, you never took a fry? No, I never took a fry or anything, bro. But one thing that I did happen that's fucked up is uh, it was like my first week door dashing. I was uh, making a delivery. And this I was late because this chick wanted a shake from Burger King, bro. Yeah. And I was already late, you know what I mean, to delivering it. So I had to bring the shake. And, like, I was hauling ass. And I didn't have the little DoorDash bag at the time. So, like, the shake was just free in my backseat. So my, my cup holders had, like, my pipe and my grinder and shit. So the fucking shake spilled in my backseat. And I was like, fuck. I was literally right outside of her, her building. And I didn't know what to do. So I just fucking started scooping that shit up, like, with my hands and putting it back in the cup. And then I just delivered it like that, bro, and never said a word, and she didn't ever report anything, so I was like, fuck it. But Damn. I felt super bad because my car was dirty, bro. I was like, I know for sure there's probably, like, fucking nugs, like, a little tiny piece of weed back there and, like, dirt, and I probably didn't clean my seats from, like, I don't know. Just, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so be careful with DoorDash, like... No matter where you are, you just never like know. little pieces of hair and shit in it. Never know, bro. You never know. Damn. I didn't. Even, I walked away, bro. As soon as I took it, I was like, "Here you go, thank you." And I just walked away. Bro. That's hilarious. Did you get a tip? Yeah, because they give you the tip like beforehand, so you like could see with DoorDash, you could see your tip before you, um, accept like the the oh. order. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, not the whole tip, because sometimes like you see like your minimum pay, so like. I don't know. I don't even know how it works because it's been so long. But I would usually try to go for like the shorter distance drives that were like six dollars. So like a do- a mi- one point five miles for six bucks, like that's a steal. I'm taking that, you know. But now that I look back on that, it's like, dang, I was really like grinding for six dollars. You know what I mean? Driving a mile and picking up food and doing all this, and it was just like, fuck it. At that point, I was like, it's just gonna be easier to get a job. So I started working at you know where Three Margaritas is yeah. Pueblo West. Yeah, pretty chill job over there, but there wasn't too many, like, employees, so that was just a pain in the ass, because I was having to work, like, full-time, bro, and like I said, I was, like, already, like, on a fuck-a-job mentality, so having to be there full-time just made me hate the job job even more, Hmm. so, so when I was, like, I'm gonna get out of there, get something different, and, you know, this whole time I'm trading, too, so, like, it was just dope, because now that, like, when I did get a job, it was, like, I wasn't trading on my last dollar anymore, you know what I mean? I was I could actually afford to throw in like five hundred bucks into my broker this and this amount. So all the practice that I had had, you know, that year prior, really started to come into fruition this year when I started to get a source of capital to feed that. And then, uh, like you said about the company, I ended up leaving that company probably like December, bro. Like around this time, I started door dashing. I was like, "Fuck this, bro!" Because like I can't even pay my membership no more. Like, it was just getting too expensive for me to afford. And, like, I started to, like, really realize, like, I don't know. The people I was involved with, at least, weren't as active in trading as they should have been. You know what I mean? Like, there was more, they were more into, like, the building the company side of things. So, I was just like, fuck that. I'm going to just focus on trading. And that's where I met Deontay. Like, when I went to that first conference, I met him. And I I really didn't even meet him. He just talked there because he was just a really good trader bro he wasn't even like you know i mean a, a big rank in the company but like he was real well known for making a lot of money trading and uh 
you know, that was just what motivated me. So, like, when I left the company, he was already doing his own thing away from the company. He had stepped away, too. So I was like, fuck it. I'm, as soon as I can afford it, I'm going to hit him up, get some mentorship from him. How much How much does he charge you for to be his mentor or for, to, for him to be your mentor? Um, Monthly, he has, like, a couple different options. So, like, it, it was, like, a $99 pack, 350 which... 99 was like the basic one 350 was like personal one-on-one and then like lifetime which was like you don't have to pay at all after you pay that and i did like two months of the personal mentorship um so i paid him 700 for two months and then which you know i mean a lot some people might look at that like damn but like bro like like i said i'm living with family i can kind of afford it right now i'm making money through my work and like my eyes this is just an investment that's going to come back to me because I've learned so much from him, bro. So after those two months of personal mentorship, I was just pulled the trigger on Lifetime. And Wow, how much is it Lifetime? Um, It was 1500 so it wasn't bad. Now it's like 3500 but And he'll mentor you for his entire life? Uh, yeah, yeah. He only has like a select group of students that he's going to take, so I think he has like 20 more spots, but yeah. Damn, I feel like, I feel like that's not even a lot of money, like 1500 or I guess 35 now. I thought it was going to be, like, way more. Yeah, bro. Like, the, like, that's pretty much, like, a semester of school. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Down at the school I was going to. Like, about 3000 So I was like, fuck it, dude. Like, Where does he live? In Houston. Mm-hmm. In Houston. But we got Zoom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're always talking. I got his number. Um, and just, like, so he mentors me in Forex and stuff. But, like, he's a businessman, too. So, like, and I'm also a businessman. So, like, I told we were talking before this. Like, I want to, like... You know what I mean? Really get serious with more uh, selling more shoes and like doing things like that with my other business, Fresh Prem. And, you know, he's kind of already on his grind as far as like businesses and stuff. So he teaches me a lot about like, you know, I mean, taxes, LLC, um, credit, other things like that. So. Can, can you like confidently say that he's a million? He's a millionaire. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely re- like fucking. Yeah, definitely. He's an unrealized multimillionaire. And do you know what unrealized versus realized is? No. So realized millionaires, they pay taxes on that money. So like if you have a, if, I don't know what it is in Colorado exactly. I have to look it up, but I know he was explaining to me out in Florida. Um, it was, if you make a million dollars, you know, you're going to get taxed on 40% of that. So $400,000 is going to the government, which means you only really have 600,000. With being an unrealized multimillionaire, that means that he hasn't, he's had, he's grown multi-millions, but he hasn't, I guess you could say, like, sold any of them. So, it's just all collecting, waiting, 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 and he could pull out of that however much he wants, whenever he wants. Um, it's on our broker. So, like, basically on, on my phone, you know, there's this broker that I use. I'm not going to say the name of it, because you could research your own and do your research on those, but... Dang, man, give him the sauce. Come on. What do you use? No, man, I can't. Cause damn, then, that's crazy. Because then people are going to come at me and be like, damn, you said this and I lost one. And then, you know, you know, do your own research. What is a broker? A broker is pretty much just like a middleman. Like you put your money on there and it allows you to put your money. I'll say the name of this app. This is uh, K, um, MetaTrader 4. This is what I trade off of. So there's like other places other platforms to trade off of but a broker pretty much i put my money on the broker it allows me to put my money onto my phone and then when i with make money off my phone on this chart i can pull it out put it on my broker and then i like can receive the money from my broker so it's pretty much just like a bank account bro like an online bank account hmm. um 
and there's tons of brokers out there so that's what i'm saying like do because like the one i say might not be one that works for you or you know what i mean there's just like certain ones that are unrestricted in some areas so um so so a broker is you're not getting taxed on the funds in there no so like i said until you sell them the only way you're getting taxed on these is if so when we get our money from the broker mm-hmm. we're getting it in bitcoin um, and I, you know, you could get it sent to a Bitcoin address on Coinbase or something, but the easiest way to do it is just on cash app. Cause you could set, you have a Bitcoin address on your cash app. So when you get taxed, it's when you get that money through your Bitcoin and you sell it and you convert it back to us dollars. Mm. So once you make that transition transaction from Bitcoin to us dollars, you now own, you know, X amount of Bitcoin. So if you withdraw 10,000 and you have ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin, then you sell ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Now you're going to be taxed on that. So what? So what the people are doing is trans doing transaction tra- doing transactions in Bitcoin, so they're not changing them to U.S. dollars. Is what you're saying? Um, no. So like, you know how Bitcoin his value goes up and down all the time. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much just like, uh, you know, what people are deeming it's worth. So like. If you have, you could buy pretty much any fraction of Bitcoin. Like, do you have cash out? Have you ever bought Bitcoin on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, yeah. When you're selling them, basically you're selling, you get like, you know, $10,000 in Bitcoin. It's just like, it'll keep converting as like, you know, when Bitcoin goes up and down, if you keep that money in Bitcoin on your phone, it's going to like either go up or down based on what price is doing. But a lot of time you're just... As a trader, you're trying to make your money in the market and withdraw it and get that money right away. So, like, as soon as that shit hits your phone, you get the email, you're selling that stuff. And that's when you'll be taxed upon it. At the end, you know, like, they actually just sent me the email, like, you know, tax season's coming up, you know, get that shit ready. So, it's kind of confusing with the taxes um, and how, like, when all that comes into play. Like, it's still something that I have to sit down and, like I said, sit with my mentor about. But, uh... Basically, bro, he's valid. <laughs> that, yeah, like he's really valid. I've seen him sit down on a couch and make fucking twelve million dollars in one day on the couch, bro. In one day. Wow. Yeah, that shit's insane. Just through forex, so I don't know. Just a big motivating factor in my life too. Is he married? Um, I think he has a fiance. Hmm. Yeah, but she's an entrepreneur too. So you know, they're a grind, grind couple, bro. Honestly, like. uh very, very thankful for mentorship, bro. Um, especially from him. But I think that's something like all our viewers and like, you know, everyone should like take into account. Is like, if you have something you really want to accomplish in life, you should get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Even if it's with music, bro. Like, look how many of these artists' lives change once they start getting around people who are popping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or people who are actually on their grind. It's the same type of shit. So, yeah. Having a mentor, I think, is very important. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I I personally don't have a mentor, but that'd be sick to fucking. I'd want like. I would pay to have like a podcast mentor, I guess. Yeah. That, that that or like a like a design mentor, that'd be cool. I think you could have mentors without having to like come in direct contact with them too, though. Like, and there I know you can. There's a word for it. I just can't think of it right now. But, like, if you draw inspiration from somebody, I feel like that's kind of a mentor in mm, your sense for sure yeah you know like if you saying. look up to like adam or something like his podcast like it, and i guess you could say he's your mentor in a, in a sense you know hmm. yeah i definitely like what they're doing over there I, I try to for sure like watch a lot of their content i probably watch every single video they put out 
Yeah. I used to watch heavy the No Jumper podcast for like all the way up until like no episode 103 or something. And then, I don't know, once I moved, I just stopped. But, really? Yeah. Damn. No, yeah, I watch that shit like every every Tuesday. Oh, yeah. They canceled it last <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> they said they canceled it. <laughs> I would be so pissed and then they canceled it. Like, damn, I got to wait yeah. the whole week. But they have like daily shows, kind of like a, like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday thing. Yeah, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Is that where you want to be eventually? Like Monday, one, uh, daily? Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to go even because I've, I've heard them talking about it their their goal is to like have a stream like all day they want to have shows like starting from like 12 in the afternoon to damn. like nine at night like a tv network kind of thing exactly damn yeah that'd be crazy mm-hmm. that'd um, be dope yeah i think that, that sounds that sounds like interesting and very tangible yeah i feel like and that's again just like intriguing something like that you know is gonna help you grow mm-hmm. you know i'm all about that so that's dope. Met a lot of cool people off this. Yeah, no, for sure, bro. For mm-hmm. sure. It's been a long, like, honestly, bro, I've been wanting to hop on here for a minute because I've been seeing you do your thing for a while, bro. And ever since, like, the first, like, I think it was, like, a year ago for real. Like, seeing you do, like, everything, it was, like, very motivating to see you, like, come from such a small area, too, and really put this together and do what you've done with it, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah, fucking. I love doing this. I, I low-key, like, sometimes the only shitty part is, like, like, I guess not really the shitty part. It's it's fun to like learn all the wires and like computer shit. But like, damn, I'm, I wish I could just like have someone just to run all the wires and like electronic shit mm-hmm. like all the time. Yeah. Where I could just like make the designs, post the shit, and like get in front of the mic. I feel that. And like do whatever else. Yeah. Eventually it'll get there though. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So you were talking about um fresh preem. What what is that? Um. So that's like. A brand that me and my friend, his name's Luis Alvarado, he actually owns a, a dispensary in New Mexico called Fresh Buds. So if you're ever in New Mexico, stop by Fresh Buds. I think it's in Española. Stop by and get some green, bro. It's pretty valid. Mm-hmm. But he's been a homie, <clears throat> a homie of mine for a while. I met him in Alamosa. And, uh, you know, it's crazy because, like, I actually met one of my other, like, really close homies through him, too. This too, bro. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and it was like crazy how that all happened just because, like, you know, we started that brand together. Um, he pretty much came to me one day and was like, because, like, when I was, like I said, when I started, uh, you know, dropped out of school at first, I was doing a lot of things with my homies powered by Alert, um, and their brand because they had started making clothes and, like, um, that was like what they first started doing. So I was like, just really, I feel like well known down there. So like a lot of people would like hit me up to like promo their shit mm. and stuff. And I never like charge for nothing. I'll just be like, yeah, bro, like fucking, like if you want to give me a shirt, give me a shirt. Cool. You know what I mean? If not, then I don't care because it's like exposure for me too. I didn't really give a fuck about all that. So um, they hit me up and they're like, yo, fucking, I hit them up actually. And I told them I wanted to do a giveaway. Um, and it was like, just like follow me and get this giveaway type of shit. And it was with their merch. And my homie came to me. He'd seen how well it would, you know, had done. And he was like, I want to start a business, you know what I mean? Kind of like selling shoes with you. So that's pretty much what Fresh Prem is like right now. It's a resale shoe company. Um, we also got like, you know, Supreme, Bape, all that, you know, hype beast type items. And 
we go to a couple conferences, bro. We've been to a couple conferences where they, uh, you know, like the resale type conferences. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope to make connections over there. And like just, that's a whole different type of hustle. Yeah. You have a website that you're selling that shit off of or? No, it's just off of uh, socials for right now. But that's why I said like, I want to get more serious with it because, you know, we were just doing it to, uh, at first, you know, to sell shoes. And then we started selling PlayStations. You know, off of there. So we're actually doing PlayStation drawings, not raffles, but drawings. Like, because there's a difference. Um, What's the difference between a raffle and a drawing? I just know that drawings makes it legal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the drawings is... So, like, when it's a raffle, I think it's like you're buying a ticket for gambling. But when it's a drawing, you're, like, buying a product um, and then getting an entry. I don't know. It's some some weird like that. Hmm. I'll have to look it up, but... We were doing that shit, probably wouldn't, I don't know, maybe it was legal, maybe it wasn't, but fucking, we were just doing it, bro, like, two fucking hungry, young entrepreneurs just trying to, like, make a bag, honestly, so, we had made an investment, and it was mostly him, bro, he had bought, like, five PlayStations, and he was like, all you gotta do, bro, is market these, and, and you know, I'll give you a cut, so, we were selling uh, 50 spots for $25 a spot. And people could buy the first round it was like you had a limit you could only buy three and then um so we sold that one out it was quick 1500 and we'd only bought he'd only bought these consoles for like retail so they're like 800 bucks so you know it's pretty good solid profit margin and the first another dope thing about it we got to like more people to buy was like uh if you didn't want the console then you could get a cash prize like mm. for the winner so even like if people have played the lottery and shit, like, you know, we kind of got a lot of crowd in from that. So a lot of older people and stuff. And an older man ended, ended up winning that. His name was Dave Westerman, gangster. He wanted the money. Yeah, he actually worked at uh, um, one of the dispos down there in that area. But yeah, he wanted the money. So I was like, how much was the prize? Seven hundred. Nice. Yeah. So we pretty much. Uh, broke even on that one but it was nice exposure and then we did another one like literally two weeks after and we didn't put a limit on how many spots you could buy so we had a lot of returning customers buying multiple spots which is crazy because we ran up another 1500 and that was all in the span of a month so we were sold made like three thousand dollars off these things in like a month and then we did one more bro like a week after two weeks after and uh that was a hundred spot one. Wow. And you could get that going, bro. Sorry. I mean, is it not working? Oh, you might just need the lighter for a bit. But um, it was a hundred spot one. And that one took a while to sell out. But we ended up selling that one out. And then we did like one, one more like months later. But that one was so hard to sell out, bro. Everyone was kind of over the PlayStation hype? Yeah over the hype and then another thing was like i feel like at that point a lot of people had like they were over the hype because they either had one or because they had participated in three rounds and lost every round already so they're like nah i don't really want to you know yeah so it was like i had to find a lot of new customers and plus i was living over here so it was a lot harder because i couldn't really market to like all the people i knew down there Mm -hmm. i had to like really get out and here and grind I was even printing stuff, like, at the library. Um, like flyers and shit? Yeah, flyers. Damn. And, uh, when I was door dashing, I'd drop it off with the order. 
And I don't think I sold any through that, but I got a couple people call me. They're like, do I want to try to win a PlayStation through my DoorDash guy? <laughs> I, I don't know. know about that. <laughs> I know. Now that I think about it, it looks probably so sketchy, but <laughs> hustling, bro. You know, when you're not working a job, you just got to do whatever you fucking can. Yeah. So hmm. I feel that. Um, all right. So what about your music? You still making music? How consistently? I haven't been consistent with it, honestly, bro, for the past, like, half year. Like, just because, like, I've been, it's been, like, hard just, like, to really, like, focus and buckle down with trading because my eyes, bro, I really want to make it, like, trading first. I don't want to say first, but, like, when you really, you know, start to figure the shit out and becoming consistent with it, it's, like, I'll have a lot more free time to make music, so... I'm not really in any rush on that type of thing, but latest track I released was, uh, I was actually featured on it, and it was my friend Naro So Tomorrow, that's his stage name, is JJ Duran, um, but he goes by Naro So Tomorrow, and his wife, and she goes by Linnell, and they're both very talented, bro, I think you should have them on here, because... Let's do it. Yeah, they're a fire, bro, and... um. So yeah, they hit me up. He had this uh, verse already written for me and everything. He wrote your verse. Wrote my verse, bro. Damn. Yeah. It's fucking. What would Drake say? He'd know. probably be like, "Oh, it's chill." I don't know. I don't have no shame in saying that though, because like he killed that shit, bro. Mm-hmm. And like, he was just like, honestly, bro, like your voice would sound really good at this. So I just respected it. We were always really cool, so I always wanted to collab with him anyways. And went over to his house one day, mixed it up. Got the in-home studio and shit. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it was dope. But, um, yeah, and then before that, for like, 2021, I was pretty heavily dropping. I dropped, like, four tracks that year. But I want to get back into it, bro. Um, especially now that I met, you know what I mean, made some connections here in Pueblo and stuff, and I know certain people that can really put me on to, like, performing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, man. Joe Lowe with In The Cut. He'll fucking get you on a stage with the... He's, they do showcases and shit. My friend, the co-host of the show, Ricky, just went to Chicago really? to try to win a spot to open for Lil Durk. Damn. He didn't win. Up. No? No. But, you know, there was like a hundred other contestants, though, from all around the country. So, do you know who did win from Colorado? No. I had an artist. Oh, who me. did win? Yeah. Well, no. Well, he won from Pueblo. Like, they went to... Pueblo Springs in Denver and did three competitions. Uh-huh. And then he was a winner from Pueblo, went to Chicago. And, like, that's when everyone, like, culminated from around the country. Yeah. So he didn't win that big one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Because I had an artist that I met at this fashion show that told me he was going to open for Dirt. But I was like, damn, that's kind of crazy. Who, like, who was that? Um, I don't really want to throw his name out there now because I want to, like, I don't know if he's lying. So... <laughs> I don't know if he's lying. <laughs> so I don't want to, like, you know, throw it out there if it's not true. But just, like, some local talent over there at the show. Doing his thing, though, for sure. Yeah. There's a younger cat, too, which is dope. That's what uh, was actually crazy about Fresh Prem was, uh, you know, going to this event, these events and stuff, reselling these shoes. I met um, this homie there, and his name's Ray. He makes customs by his Instagram's customs by Ray or shop customs by Ray. But he designs clothes, and uh, like I said, I was at that fashion show. He actually hit me up to be in a fashion show, that was, so I was kind of lit. Yeah, I saw that. I had that, that first experience, which was crazy, because 
Never thought I'd be like the Aesop Rocky fashion type of motherfucker, but is that what you see yourself as now? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> no, it was cool. It was uh, it was different, bro. Like, it's just uh, like again, like with the shoe game and like with trading, like with anything, it's just a different type of world, bro. You have the people that are like really, really good at it, and the people that are like novice beginners. Yeah, and it's just like a game of learning from those people that are really good, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. It was a cool experience. There's a lot of local talent too. I modeled for them, Queen Creations, um, uh, Pueblo Drip. So it was cool. I think uh, the Sacred Bean was there too. It was a cool. Like that's how I like said it was like. There's a lot of culture, here in here in Pueblo, bro, which is something that I fuck with a lot. Yeah, there definitely is and. I fucking trying to get all of it here. You're part of it, man. Yeah, you know? no, I'm excited to be, you know, part of it officially now, too. And it feels good, too, bro, because, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not from here, you know what I mean? So I feel like I kind of, like, had to just, like, come out and earn it. It feels like it was earned. Not like it wasn't earned for anybody else, but it just feels, feels like it was earned to come here. Because, like, I know I hit you up, like, a year ago, too. To like, like I wanted to be on it, but like I feel like if I would have came a year ago, bro, I wouldn't have had as much of experience, like life experience and stuff to talk about. So hmm. I feel like divine timing worked good with this one. Yeah. Are you spiritual? Like, do you like believe in like the power of the mind and like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, pretty much. Like, I don't know. I'm not very like, like daily habits about it, but I'll fucking, I like positive thinking and like. Yeah. Stay productive, fucking. Definitely. Yeah, I like, I like to work like on my little sets of ideas, but um, I'm not very like adventurous when it comes to like doing other shit. I just like to, like, stick on one thing and fucking try to nail it out and then work move on the next thing. Yeah, and that's good though, because a lot of people can't stay focused nowadays too, bro. Especially like, just with content, how like short and dumbed down it's become lately, like. Everything's a six-second video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if it's not that, then a lot of people are scrolling past it, which is crazy. We were just talking about this, like, with shorts and stuff. Yeah. We've been going for, like, like an hour. Like, yeah, damn. That's crazy. I don't even feel like that, bro. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fucking good topics. You got anything else you want to talk about? Nah, bro. Honestly, uh... Just, like, really encouraging, like, anybody watching this to just become better every day. Like, I know it's fucking, it's tough, bro. Because, like, everybody, a lot of people, like, especially a lot of the people viewing this, bro, they might be, like, young dreamers, you know, young people who are, like, on the grind. So, like, just, I guess, like, anything I got to say to you is just, like, fucking keep going with whatever you're doing and, you know, believe that you can do it first and foremost because a lot of people are going to say that it won't be possible or... You know, you can't do this and that, and you just have to stay true and believe in yourself because if you don't do it, nobody will. And then once you start to do it and you start to become successful at whatever it is you're doing, people will start to believe in you. So just keep doing that and 1% better. That's all I go for, bro. 1% better a day. If you could do that, whether it's, you know, trying to lay back on the bad habits or produce more good habits, you know, whatever it is that's getting you 1% better a day, try to do that. But I don't know. I strongly encourage to read, too. Mm-hmm. You read? 
No, I listen. I like to listen to books. That's same. Same kind of shit too. Yeah, You're soaking I, in the knowledge. Exactly. I fucking. I'm a big listener to like just a lot of shit. Yeah. What do you like to listen to? Mm. Well. Bookwise. I was fucking on that um, that Fifty Cent and uh fucking, like the fiftieth law or some shit like that. Like you know the forty eight oh, laws. Yeah, like yeah. Fifty Cent did a did one with in conjunction with the same guy. Damn. And it's called like the fiftieth law. And I was listening to that. That's cool. I want to check it out. Yeah, I, uh, you should go to Walmart and actually, there's this book there called Atomic Habits. Have you ever listened to that one? No. You should read that one, bro. That one's actually a really good, really good book. I think it could do a lot for your, you know, your mindset and productivity in your business too, in your own endeavors, because it's just like, talks about the power of habits and like how if you, that's pretty much where I got the 1% rule from. Like I had heard about it before, but. That really solidified it for me and gave me the background knowledge on all that. So, like the power of like just doing the same thing every day. Um, yeah, but like kind of like the power of doing the right things and like, you know what I mean, like choosing to do to not do the wrong thing or you know what I'm trying to say, like doing the right things over the wrong things and like you know it's always pretty much a choice, bro. So like. You know, it just talks about, like, building the better habits. Like, to say yes more to the things that empower you and, like, say no more to the things that that don't. Really, like, building that self-control, which I think is something that a lot of people suffer with now, especially with something like social media becoming so, like, fast-paced and, like, short, like we were talking about. Porn, too, honestly, bro. You, like you don't fuck with porn? I used to fuck with porn. I was growing up as a kid, bro, like every other fucking kid, but... Now I'm starting to realize, like, as a as a grown-up, I guess you could say grown-up, that, like, just all these bad things, bro, in the world are just, like, really, like, toxic for the mind. You know, I mean, social media, um, fucking porn, you know, partying. I'm not going to say partying because, like, you could celebrate and stuff, but there's a lot of bad out there. So it just, like, talks about, like, the, tr- the you know, making the right decisions. So if you want, if you're into that type of shit, I want to change your type of... You know, mindset in that area, atomic habits. It's pretty dope. Hmm. Yeah, I'll check that. I'll check that out. Porn though, that's that's a hot take. It is a hot take, bro. Porn. I fucking. I'm not saying I like watch a stupid amount of porn, but like, <laughs> like um. So what? You never you never look at porn, is what you're saying? Well, I mean, like sometimes I'll fold, bro. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it ain't like it ain't like how I used to be like. Bro, when I was growing up, like, I don't know, I was just like, I was in that generation of kids that, like, had really ac- early access to, like... Oh, yeah. And plus, like, I'm not even gonna lie, I grew up on Family Guy, bro. Mm. Like, watching it really young, so, like, I feel like that fucked me up mentally, too, as a kid. Because, like, in second grade, I had the talk, like, with my parents, with my mom. And I was just like, damn. How old are you in second grade? Like, seven? Exactly, yeah, bro. Like, seven years old. Seven or eight years old. Exactly. Yeah, around there. So it was just fucked up. And yeah, so like, I feel like porn was like, I was the type of that generation that like really got fucking kind of addicted to porn like for a sec. And then it just like, and it's kind of like, I don't know, people are going to say what they want to say about this, but I'm going to speak up because a lot of my kings know what the fuck I'm saying. I mean, I've I've definitely looked at porn in my life. You know, I've, yeah, a lot of people look at porn. It's very popular. It makes a billion dollar industry. Yeah, but I think it's very, like, uh, like it can be very, de- like, toxic, just like anything else, bro. Like, 
Um, I was just like actually looking at this podcast at the gym the other day because I like to listen to podcasts while I'm at the gym. And they were talking about like how if you feel like you need anything, like if you feel like there's like this uh, thing starting to develop in young men, uh, erectile dysfunction because of porn. And like it used to be just because you were old and stuff or whatever. But now it's because like your brain is literally like so used to seeing these fucked up unusual fantasies whatever it is that like when it's time to actually you know have sexual intercourse that is regular it's yeah it doesn't like entice you as much as like all that other stuff so that's why i'm saying like it can be toxic bro and you know like with anything like if you feel like you need it in moderation like i feel like it still has control over you because you feel like you still need a little bit which I don't know. That's just been something I've been Sometimes trying to... Sometimes I just got to bust a nut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like, But it sucks because like, to have that urge, it's just like, fuck, dude. Like, Why do I feel like that? You know, I'm just... I don't know. I'm super into knowing why, I guess. Why everything. That's kind of like... Helps me get some self-control. I mean, so I'm like, why do people feel like that? It's like animals. Sleep? We're like animals at the end of the day. We're just like... <laughs> gotta eat, sleep, and fuck, bro. Like, eat, that's sleep, like, and fuck. It's like what animals do. Yeah, that's true. We are animals at the end of the day. No, I try, and, but like, yeah, that's my stat. That's my take with it. That's Shout out to all the porn stars, though. You got to be on the stripper podcast. We just started this new stripper show, and like, that'd be funny. I'm down as fuck. To hear your take. <laughs> I'm down as fuck. No, I'm. <laughs> shout out to all the sex workers, to all the, you know, porn stars and stuff. Like, do your thing. If there's a market for it, go fucking attack that market, you know? Facts. No. Yeah, bro. Well, where do you want to tell the people where to follow you and shit? Yeah, you can follow me at Ace Drigo, A C E D R E E G O. That's on Instagram, Twitter. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you can fi- you can find my music on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud. Go by Drigo on there. Um, but all my links are in my bio and everything. So follow me, fuck with Street Champs. Shout out to all the local brands he's putting on too and just everything you got going on too bro like very honored to finally come up here and get it in bro come back and fucking be on the show we do this this show every friday it's a good time yeah. no i'm down the catches are filled up i'm down i'm down i want to come back sometime with aunt and oh, you yeah. know, sick. come do something fun mm-hmm. i seen you guys do the spelling bee the other night mm-hmm. that shit looked dope i won i know i, was I, fucking, I got this hard ass word <laughs> What, did, what was your word? It was like, I got a bunch of hard words, but like the last one that I got right that was all hard was like, like, ge, like Jalilis or some shit. I don't even know. It was fucking weird. <laughs> Gelatinous? No, it was like, it was like Jalilis. I don't even know. Jalilis. Or Guilis. Gu- gu- <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I would fuck up that. But no, I'm down. I'm down for sure. Yeah. Come back and smoke up and just fucking talk business, bro. Uh-huh. Talk improvement and growth. Hell yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Fucking Appreciate ace. Drigo, Street Champs. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that shit. All right, y'all. Peace.